0: What we're living in? Let me tell ya. Well, it's a world that men can eat at all. When things are big, that should be small. you can tell what magic spells we'll be doing for us? And I'm.
1: everybody welcome back welcome back to the dr pat show this is talk radio to thrive by and guess what as i mentioned earlier we've got a great guest coming up today right now who is going to help us mayday 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 Day mayday from Nora claver Nora, welcome to the show and uh, i wanted to ask you an executive coach 20 years you know a lot of the things that you're doing you know the meaning of change you know what change is about and yet here we are in a world where we're taking care of so many people so many things but i'll tell you asking for the help is a tough one isn't it
2: oh absolutely there's You know, I I ask a lot of people whether or not they feel comfortable asking for help, and most people say yes, that Um, they have no problem asking for help. But then I ask them, well, how many times did you ask for help in the last week? And that's when their face goes blank. mm. You know, I don't think we're being all that truthful with ourselves. It's a hard thing to do.
1: What have you seen uh, in in the work that you've done? And I just want to mention to everyone that Nora's got a book. It's called Mayday, Asking for Help in Times of Need. And uh, one of the chapters that you nail in step one is naming the need. Mm, and yeah. that becomes a tricky, tricky thing. I mean, there's the need, like what you really need, and then there's the need that you ask for, and they're not always the same, are they? No, and in fact, people shouldn't get too hung
2: up on the need that they're asking for because it may not be the right need. Mm. Uh, When we're in a position of need, it's really hard for us to see outside of that. And so all we can see at that point is what's missing. And so our vision is really short-sighted. But if we're asking someone to help us, they can kind of take a step back and be eyes for us. And, and tell us what else we might need that we're missing. Mm-hmm. So a good example of that is, you know, if you're, if you're trying to get the kids ready in the morning and it's just exhausting and you find yourself just at wit's end, don't just ask for help with the kids first thing in the morning. Sit down and figure it out. It may be that your partner says, well, now, it's not so much the mornings, but maybe if you get to bed a little bit earlier the night before that might really help you out the next day.
1: Absolutely. I mean, part of this, you know, part of what you do is you really break down a number of different things. What I love about the book is you give us belief statements as well. And you give us try this uh, exercises to do. And these are all what I call really street smart. I mean, this is about how we take a look at despair uh, and how we take a look at things that are holding us back and step into applying the virtue of faith. How important is faith? faith in all of this and i wanted to ask you this question what are the things that we bring into play or things we kick into action that chip away at steadfast conviction
2: ah well faith definitely comes into play when you're asking for help because you have to believe that you're going to be taken care of when you feel like you're not alone and things are going to work out to your advantage, or at least work out the best way possible, then you can relax a bit, and your requests sound that much clearer and smoother and softer, and you don't sound nearly as panicked, but what chips away at our sense of faith, that, that steadfast conviction, as you say, is is our own fear, the um, little dragons inside our heads some people call them gremlins it's self-talk whatever you want to call it they just start eating away at your belief system
1: well i'm talking about a fire breathing dragon here yeah, know. you know what i'm saying sometimes <laughs> they're not so little no exactly sometimes they're
2: absolutely huge i know and a lot of times they're just made up <laughs> you most, know most They're of the not, time. what i find is that fear it's very sneaky. Fear is incredibly sneaky. And it takes, it takes this little bit of truth, and then it builds a story about around it. And then it says, well, if the center of the story is true, then all of it must be true. So, for example, that uh, the truth that you were born alone. Yeah, you know, most people would say, yeah, I was born alone, unless, of course, you were a twin. But even then, you really feel like you're born alone. And you live alone and you have this life of um, solitude, I guess. And even if you're involved with someone, you're still feeling at some level alone. And so fear takes that and builds this big story about it saying, if you ask for help, you're going to be even more alone.
1: When we look at our lives, I mean, the, the title of the book is May Day. You know, I hear that term, May Day. Benny and I were talking about it before because we had the general manager of the station come in. Mr. Benny has been working like 30 hours straight to launch something brand new. Station manager comes in. We First of all, it's unheard of that a station manager, a general GM, comes in and, and, and even cares about someone like, you know, like Benny in production. But he comes in and he's concerned about Benny, and he says to Benny, I, I'm going to get you an energy drink. And I, I think it's an Energizer drink and whatever it is. I mean, it's a healthy thing, right? Right. And what's interesting, it's hard to say in that moment. Yes, please do. I'd love to have it. Right.
2: <laughs> you know, we have so many helpers out there, and we refuse to let them help us. Why you know? is up with that? I'm guilty of that. I know. I know. It's well, part of it is habitual. Part of it is we're physically conditioned, emotionally conditioned, and mentally conditioned to take care of ourselves. And so when someone steps up and says, hey, I'll be happy to get you a drink, or, you know, do you need a little help lifting that? We, We just automatically go to our default position, which is, no, I can handle it myself.
1: Well, yeah, I can handle it myself. And then we get into it, and even when we realize we can't handle it, Nora... Right? I mean, yep. even when we're like in the middle of it. Yeah. And we've just discovered, oops, thought I could handle it. Yep. Uh, not looking like I can handle it. yep. Uh, I think I'm going to go down with the ship here. Yeah. What does it take for us to raise our hand, really raise it up high, and say, come on, please help me?
2: Well, I think it takes an understanding first that you deserve to ask for help. And that's really self-compassion. And there's really nothing magical about it. Mm -hmm. It's just realizing that, hey, you've got needs, and there is no way in this world that you can satisfy every single need that you have. Mm -hmm. We're just not built that way. We're, We're communal types of animals. We are supposed to be in community. That's the way we survive. But we've separated ourselves so much from nature and the world that we forget that. And so we convince ourselves that, oh, our needs aren't so important. You know, it's not as bad as other people's needs. And so we don't ask.
1: Well, what I want to do is I want to let everybody know about the book Mayday. And there's lots in here that we talk about. But one of the things you really snap to, and, and you talk about it in the book, is the love of control. Mm. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Do we really love control? Don't you? Okay. Sometimes I do, <laughs> but I have to tell you, I mean, I'm probably less on the control scale. Ah, Yeah, I'm probably less on the control scale. I'm probably more on the, on the organic scale of I'm not even sure what to ask for oh, in okay. terms of help. You know what I mean? Right. I, I'm on the other end where I know I need help, but it's like, okay, you know, where? Right. Well, How people. Do, yeah.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah. I totally w- wishy get that. Wishy-washy. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Well, a lot of people love that sense of control. I mean, it's really just a
1: myth. It's it uh-huh. doesn't actually exist. Um It doesn't? No, control doesn't actually exist. Okay, this is breakthrough information for those of you <laughs> for those of you out there that are gripping onto the steering wheel really <laughs> tightly right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's all uh, um
2: it's all a bit of a myth because there is so little that you really can control in your life. And, and when you really think about it, even if you're gripping the wheel of your steering wheel, you're not necessarily controlling what's happening within that engine. Mm-hmm. And you're not necessarily control. well, you're definitely not necessarily controlling the people who are driving next to you. Uh, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, if you really break it down, there isn't a whole lot. So what I think, I mean, that thought is kind of scary for people. So what I really encourage them to think about instead is the joy and fun of letting go. Because when we let go of control, that's when things get hysterical and a lot of fun.
1: It, it, you did say hysterical.
2: Yeah, you know, when you're on, let's say, a roller coaster. It could get fun. It could get very much fun. I mean, you could be just laughing your head off. I mean, it's... it's and that's because you have no control. And not only that, you paid to have no control. There are a lot of great things that happen to us when we let go of control.
1: And you know, one of the things we're going to talk about here, and that you mentioned this in the book, and, and I want to get into it after the break, is this idea of asking for help equals flow. Yeah. And I wanted to have you talk about in, in the way that you talk about this, what flow is, why it's important and what the relationship is between asking for help and flow, because I, honestly, Nora, I don't think I've ever seen anybody make that relationship. And I think this is so important to have a conversation about it. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Nora Claver in the house. Mayday asking for help in times of need. And so this is part of the conversation. When we come back, remember this formula. Asking for help equals flow. Asking for help equals flow. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. We'll be right back. I just do
0: Impurities in your body lead to health issues and weight gain. Regular cleansing is vital to help your body safely and naturally eliminate harmful substances that may contribute to weight gain. Combined with regular exercise, nutritious meals, and water intake, the Isogenics Cleansing and Fat-Burning System nourishes your body with natural herbs, vitamins, and minerals as it enables you to flush years of built-up impurities. You have nothing to lose except for the weight. Call Christine at 215 437-9565.
2: Carol Haywood Babrowskis is a seer and an author who has been watching evolution in action since her third eye opened wide in 1987. Her observations reveal a very hopeful path for the future of Earth and humanity to evolve to a place where love and peace prevail. You can find out about her book, Passionate Pinky and the Evolutionary Experiment, as well as her fun workshops by calling 425-222-9455 or visit passionatepinky.com. Being a mother is amazing, but it's not always easy, at least until now, on the It's All About You seven-night cruise to the Mexican Riviera. Join the Mom's Town Moms, Mary Goulet and Heather Ryder, on April 5th to the 12th, 2008, on this illuminating excursion, where you'll find real advice on how to balance your love, family, work, money, and health. Bring back the life you crave. Attendance is limited, so call now. I can do it at C.com. Chocolate, Not only sensual, but powerful. The dark, unprocessed chocolate. Highest level of antioxidant in a simple food. Did you know that science has shown that dark chocolate could help you lose weight? Did you know that you can actually improve your overall health by eating dark chocolate? Did you know that you can enjoy eating chocolate three or more times per day, guilt-free? Did you know that chocolate actually has a bliss factor? Life with chocolate couldn't be sweeter lifewithchocolate.net
0: Is your cell phone harming your health? A growing body of evidence has shown that electropollution can have a devastating effect on our health and wellness and also may increase our risk for disease and illness. The good news is that there is a solution. Scientifically validated and patented technologies that neutralize the harmful effects are the answer. Call 503-781-5604 or visit http colon slash slash thrive 411.com. No other station brings you this much variety. Welcome to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat show. Nora is in the house. Welcome everyone. Mayday, mayday, mayday asking for help in times of need. Nora, why don't we take a minute and give out some information, your website, how people can find out about the book and so forth. And thank you so much for filling in for me when I was, uh, taking care of, uh, a loved one, um, uh, this summer.
2: No problem. I had a great time. It was so much fun. Um, For people who learn more about me and Mayday, they can access the website, which is www.maydaythebook.com. And they can buy the book on Amazon.com or they can pick it up on uh, bn.com. Or the major bookstores also have it. So, you know, if you want to go to a brick-and-mortar place, you can or you can, you know, just do it the electronic way.
1: Okay, that sounds, uh, th- that's pretty much, uh, th- that's really stressless, isn't it? Yeah. It's <laughs> a great way to go about it. And that's <laughs> what we're talking about here. We're talking about flow, right? Yes. And we're talking about asking for help equals flow. Right. right. Okay, that's really important. And I-, I think it's important to talk about flow. What is flow and why do we all want it? Well, flow is that, that point in
2: life when things are just falling into place perfectly. And it's, it's an alignment of emotion and the physical world and the spirit. And when those three things are in alignment, then everything just literally flows. It just It's as though things just start coming to you. You don't even have to try. And that's the most important part of it is that you don't have to exert any effort. You don't have to be trying to control things. It will just come to you. And so when you're asking for help, you're realizing that somehow you've stepped out of that control, excuse me, that flow.
1: Mm-hmm. You've
2: stepped away from it. And you realize that, that the way to get back in, or at least one way to get back in, is to involve someone else, to ask them to help you with whatever it is so that you can regain
1: flow in your life. You know, and, and you go on to talk about, Nora, you go on to talk about, uh, I mean, this is all in the chapter, why we should ask for help. And you're really clear about this. Uh, there are many, many reasons that we should ask for help. Um, w- first of all, you know, you, we t- I mentioned flow. I happened to pull that out. But there's also happiness for others, proficiency, personal growth, transform relationships. I wanted to ask you a question because I know you work in organizations as well, correct? Right. All right. So I wanted to ask you about how how are we doing within organizations, at the, what I mean is at the workplace, and asking for help. Because part of part of the deal is asking for help, right? But then the other part of the deal is I'm going to be evaluated. You know, there may be competition here at the workplace. I mean, it almost seems like that is probably the most difficult place in the world to ask for help. You know,
2: you would think so, but I think because the pressures are tougher there,
1: mm-hmm. people
2: will ask for help. It's, but it's a little bit, uh, the statistics that I've that I've found um, and the ones that have come as a result of my own polling indicate that people actually have a little bit each easier time, not like a huge, but a little bit easier time asking for help at work. And it is because of those pressures. There are deadlines. There are people who are counting on you that are, you know, sitting right next to you all day long. Mm-hmm. And and um, there is a lot of competition. That doesn't make it necessarily any easier, but people do it a little bit more frequently than they do asking for help at home or of their friends. Which is really surprising. You'd think at home people would feel much safer oh, about yeah. asking for help. Uh-oh.
1: Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I'm there, and maybe that reflects the environment that I was in when I was at work, okay? That right. Could be, <laughs> well, could you know, be. That could be part of it. You never know. That, I mean, that, that definitely could be part of it. Let's talk about gratitude because sure. gratitude is all over the place. You know, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. And I think that we, uh, uh, many of us can step up to the plate and be grateful. But the question is, are we grateful when it really counts?
2: Yeah. You know, and when we're standing there opposite someone and we've just asked them to help us out,
1: Mm.
2: we need to remember that gratitude to hold on to those blessings that we have. Because we're about to hear an answer. And it may not be the one that we want. It may be someone says, absolutely not, I can't really help you right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But if you're possessing gratitude or if you're actually even possessed by gratitude, which is the way I like to look at it, then you can hear that no and it's not going to phase you as much as if you're in that place of focusing on the lack, the things that you don't have.
1: You know, let's talk about the focus for a minute, because I mentioned to you that I'm doing a talk this week, and I want to mention that to everyone. I'm going to be at the Alive Expo. And for those of you that are in the Seattle area, the Alive Expo, we've been given tickets away. And my talk is at 5 o'clock on Saturday. And I decided to talk about something called the law of distraction. And, th- you know, that's not a universal law that you will hear about in all of the books. But i got to tell you, my approach, Nora, uh, is really street smart. And the thing that I've learned most from, uh, in my life are some of the potholes that I've stepped in, I've stepped into right. and, you know, being the, the law of distraction is one of them. And so when you talk about focus, I would love for you to share how important focus is right now, given everything that's out there about raising the vibration, raising the consciousness, raising, 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 raising. where does focus fit in? Well,
2: focus, it's it's the same thing as being deliberate and being aware. And if you feel as though you're, well, I don't even want to say it that way. If you're simply aware and your focus is open, you can see a lot more than if you're just walking along blindly. And so it makes life easier because now you have a chance to make deliberate choices, including asking for help. Rather than waiting until you get to that point of desperation, if your focus is open, you can see well in advance of the need what kind of help you might need and who you could ask. And you're going to feel completely differently. You're not going to be nervous. You're going to be much more calm because you're going to see things in a different way.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Nora, you know, part of what you do, speaker, author, master coach, um, you truly understand the value of connection. I mean, why else would you write a book about asking for help? You know what I'm saying? Right. And so the question that I'm going to ask is, you know, for you being at this place, being uh, at the at the top of the media connection game, so to speak, What have you had to let go of? What obstacle did you have to let go of to be able to step into the place of being spokesperson for this?
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, this is my own personal story. Um, About 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with a tumor on the side of my neck that was going to have to be removed. And the physician told me that I was going to be incapacitated for a week after the surgery. And I started crying in his his uh, examining room and he's like are you all right are you okay Nora and and I said I don't have anyone to ask to stay with me who is going to help me and I realized at that point that I hadn't created friendships or relationships that I really could count on in situations like this and so of course I went home and I dialed my boyfriend and you'd think I'd be able to count on him and So, I told him that I wanted him to stay with me, and he said, well, okay. He didn't sound like he was really excited about it. And I should have really listened to that, because two days before the surgery, he dumped me. Oh! So, it really drove home the point that I didn't have the right kind of relationships in my life. So, I ended up inviting my parents, my elderly parents, to come to my home and take care of me for that week afterwards. And... It turned out to be one of the most fabulous weeks of my life. I had never actually interacted with my parents in that way as an adult. And it was, we had so much fun. We were laughing all the time. You know, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought, you know, my dad was going to screw with the remote and I wouldn't be able to turn my TV on again. or (laughs) My mom would be in my kitchen rearranging my cabinet. (laughs) But it didn't turn out like that at all. It was the most fabulous week Mm. and it really just drove it right home that you've got to have different kinds of people in your life
1: and you know I think we should have you back to talk about that topic
2: thank you I'd love to do
1: that let's give out your website and contact information and thank you so much for joining us today
2: oh thanks so much Dr. Pat I really appreciate it Um, people can learn more at www.maydaythebook.com
1: Or buy it on Amazon.com or BN.com. All right, Nora. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. All right, everybody. We'll see you at the Alive Expo. If not, we'll see you back here uh, next week. Have a good one.